0: I'm <coughs> podcast with that a podcast pottering around the bludger of mangum reeds we are three muggles who would definitely save each other from a troll my name is sarah and i am joined by my co-hosts bj and spencer how are y'all doing uh,
1: doing well doing quite well considering yeah considering how i would save y'all from a troll given the lack of magic <laughs> but you know i'm sure i'd find a way i'm sure you could like bore them with you know various
2: legal uh ins and outs and and just put them to sleep
1: if i if i want to go full rumble if i want to go full um oh god i blanked on the name of the short story of where the guy falls asleep while playing bowling while playing bowling up in the mountains um (laughs) rip van winkle yes so so yeah um all kinds of fun
2: and uh this week we have a possibly relevant to the date that it gets released uh halloween
0: yeah chapter 10 halloween uh bj have you done the math on when this is going to come out
2: uh, no, but I don't okay. like doing math. It's well, that's math. not quite true, but it'll it'll actually be fairly close. So I th- You're in the sciences. You can't avoid this. <laughs> I have MATLAB for all of the math needs that I ever could have. Um,
0: so we've got a couple of things we're doing. We have our lightning round uh, recap of the chapter. And then, uh, BJ, you talk about word-related things. Yep. And um, Spencer has some newbies notes. And then I award house points. And um, we have some questions.
2: Uh, yeah, all kinds of fun stuff.
0: Cool. All right. So are we ready for the recap of this action-packed chapter?
2: Uh,
0: I have your time I was right going to say, I
2: feel like I need to take a deep breath, but I actually <laughs> have a, um, as I mentioned on the other podcast, a vaguely Harry Potter-related uh, cocktail. Ooh. Um, and mm. by cocktail, I mean scotch. And sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because Hogwarts it's is, in
0: to... sco- it is in Scotland.
2: Yeah. Um, and it's also hard to pronounce. So mm. the it's spelled L-E-D-A-I-G, and it's pronounced legig.
0: Of course, it is
2: because because Scotland is, because is in, like that.
1: Mm-hmm. How is it?
2: Oh, it's smoky and lovely. Um, you'll get to taste it at some point, and probably hmm. I don't know how we, well you'll like it, but we'll see.
0: Well, eh, I am to try. I am drinking a prophecy wine, which is relevant, but not until several books from now.
2: Hopefully you're not still in the same bottle of wine by the time
0: we get there I can guarantee you that I will not be uh,
1: I, I am drinking a glass of water <laughs> that I determined was not classy enough And so I got a strawberry and I put it in it And now I'm calling oh, that a drink. delightful,
0: Spencer <laughs> For our underage audience, Spencer has your cocktail of the week
1: <laughs> You know, I'm actually enjoying it I cut it up and now it's got a nice little extra flavor to it
0: Alright, it's a good way to do it Okay, so we're ready for the recap.
1: Uh, t- timer is set. I'm going to see what I
0: can do here. <laughs> All right, so post-midnight adventure and none the, less, or none the worse for wear, Harry and Ron, while Hermione refuses to speak to them and they don't really seem to mind, uh, they triumph and sort of speculate about what the three-headed dog could possibly be guard- guarding. Harry's broom arrives by owl, and they immediately use it to get up Malfoy's nose while Malfoy narks on them. Um, that night, Harry goes to the Quidditch pitch to try his Nimbus 2000 and learn about Quidditch. We have three chasers, two beaters, one keeper, one seeker, one quaffle, two bludgers, and one snitch. This is basketball on brooms with six goals and rugby. Um, all of a sudden, it's <laughs> Halloween, which is perhaps unsurprisingly kind of a big deal for Hogwarts. And in charms class, Professor Flitwick is trying to teach them a levitating charm. And, and Ron is over Hermione. Who at this moment is speaking to my deep-seated need to correct people's grammar? Um, she's right. Ron can't get it, and he says some very unkind things to her, which she over or about her, which she overhears and ends up disappearing for the rest of the day. Uh, at the Halloween feast, Professor Quirrell runs in halfway through and just falls out on the ground after yelling about trolls in the dungeon. There is widespread panic. Everyone uh, gets sent to the dormitories, but Harry remembers Hermione, who doesn't know about the troll and uh, convinces Ron to go to the girl's bathroom to warn her. Put a pin in this. Snape's not where he's supposed to be, uh, but then neither is the troll. He's already in the bathroom with Hermione, smas- smashing shit. Uh, Harry and Ron try to distract him. Harry jumps on his back and shoves a wand up his nose. Ron finally figures out Wingardium Leviosa to drop the troll's own club on his head and knock him six ways to Sunday. McGonigal shows up pretty pissed. Hermione lies to her and takes the blame. Um, I have no idea what my notes say say here, Uh, but Harry, Ron, and Hermione are friends.
1: Probably something about house points being awarded. It's
0: points taken and given, is what I have written.
1: (laughs) You know, even with that moment of loss, you came in under two minutes. Bravo!
0: (laughs) It's a professional (laughs) operation. (laughs) Um, So that's where we are.
2: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, so a fun chapter. Probably, I feel like it was one of the longer chapters, um, and a lot going on.
0: It felt longer and with a lot going on when I was doing the recap. <laughs> yep.
2: Yeah, um, so I'll jump in with my uh, words amusement. Um, both of the other balls, which I completely forgot about, the non snitches, <laughs> the, the quaffle and the, and the bludgers, bludger. Yeah, it they're they're great words. <laughs> um, they just are, mm-hmm. um, and then. The the other thing that I wanted to comment on, um, which I feel like is very Spencer-ish, uh, which is about um, hardwoods. So it talks about the broom having a mahogany handle, um, and so mahogany is like a go-to for a lot of people for like a wood that they know, and it happens to be a hardwood. But the wood itself is a not particularly hardwood. It's actually fairly soft. You can. Um, damage it like with your fingernail
0: Mm. Mm
2: -hmm. um and for reasons that i don't really know because i am not spencer and did not go on a wikipedia spiral (laughs) um the classification for hardwoods has to do with the seeds that they produce and not the hardness of the wood really yes um and this is actually something that i knew way prior to to the pod Mm because i used to do uh, some woodworking and, and all kinds of fun things. And and I can regale you with a lot of weird things about different wood varieties. But um, I always find it fascinating when uh, mahogany is talked about as a hard wood because while it is technically correct, it is also very misleading because it's, it's a surprisingly soft wood.
0: That's really interesting. Um, and so was the... Nimbus 2000, a mahogany? Yes,
2: um, sleek and shiny with a mahogany handle. It had a long tail of neat, straight twigs and Nimbus 2000 written in gold near the top.
0: I wonder if the fact that mahogany is itself like actually a sort of softwood in the world makes the broom more responsive.
2: Very possibly. Um, it could very well be something as opposed to um, J.K. Rowling just like looking up a common hardwood. Um, or just something that she was more familiar with.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, mahogany also just sounds kind of fancy. And the Nimbus 2000 yes. is supposed to be fancy.
2: Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, mahogany is used for like a lot of furniture and things like that. And is, is mm. a gorgeous wood. Um, but if it was something that you really wanted to be a ver- something very sturdy, you'd probably use something else. Um, and I'm also kind of amused that she doesn't go for the oak ash and thorn of other you know, mythological woods that uh, some others might.
0: Sure. Well, maybe those are proprietary then, ma- information from other brand <laughs> companies. <laughs> I
1: mean, those, of, those or you would have been much more distinctly English. But as I said, mahogany is very much a classic, this is a high quality mm-hmm, product mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of thing. So really overused in that sense. A lot of people use mahogany for things they shouldn't, like tabletops. You're just asking for that to be scuffed. Yep. But it comes across as being classy.
2: Yep. Um, And then the other thing that I wanted to reference is I've been watching Big Mouth on Netflix and there is a um, episode where they get into um, masturbation um, and they go to Spencer's Gifts and there is a uh, Harry Potter wand section that, that they comment on, ooh, this has a phoenix feather core, that might be exciting. Um, which I thought was hilarious and would make Sarah a little sad.
0: Well, you thought right, BJ.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Shall we move on for your sake, Sarah?
0: Yes, please. Spencer, what do you got?
1: All right, for newbies notes, one of the things that struck me about this chapter was this was really one of the first ones of where I vaguely remembered things from the one and a half movies that I've seen, of where several of these feel like just classic adapted scenes, like the Wingardium Leviosa Mm -hmm. dealing with the troll, Harry first learning to get the broom. These are things I vaguely remember from the first movie, and so that was kind of fun. Uh, I remember the troll fight being much more comic in the movie. Here, it actually comes across as legitimately kind of scary and intimidating. I think I preferred it the book way. Um, what are some of the things I found interesting. One, uh, Quidditch seems like a sport that would be fascinating and maybe fun to play, but seems entirely imbalanced in its focus. <laughs> Everything is put on the Seeker. Mm-hmm. The point total is entirely skewed towards that being the only relevant thing. I think if you get the quarrel through the hoop, you get ten points. Quaffle. Whereas uh, if the that's a professor, what? sorry, we do have <laughs> we have Words, we have two names. prominent
0: keywords in this book. <laughs> One is a professor, but you are looking for quaffle.
1: Okay, well, if you get... quaffle. If you get the quaffle through the hoop, you get ten points. Whereas if they catch the golden mm-hmm. snitch, mm-hmm. did I mm-hmm. get that right? you get a hundred and fifty mm-hmm. and most notably the game does not end until someone catches that which i don't know if the uh, if the, uh, the leader of the team was joking or not but he said the game took once three months no, to finish it
2: months so i mean i feel that, like in that that case, is horrifying
1: you know the snitch doesn't
2: really matter and it only matters in um say baseball or football terms rather than you know some uh oh i'm blanking that's terrible uh, basketball? No, 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 no. The the British sport that...
0: Rugby? Oh,
2: cricket? Cricket, yes. Cricket. Uh, yeah, that that can last weeks or whatever mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. until, you know, whatever happens. And so, you know, there are, I do whatever, a test match I think is the short one, but like the longer ones where the runs get up in the hundreds where 150 mm-hmm. points, while it might matter, you know, if you're playing for three months, it's less of a big deal. Um, and I feel like, it's much more important when you're having, like, school children play rather than yeah. the one in six adults mm-hmm. that have to be playing professional Quidditch um, <laughs> that are taking months doing so.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, you know, even for the longer games, it would depend how close they end up mm-hmm. being. Because if the, margin, if the, if the game can go on for 500 points, but if they're still within effectively 15 or 150, like 10 points each, 15, it the game can shift in, a, in, in an instant that way. Yeah. So, certainly make for exciting watching, and I'm guessing it'd be a blast to play. Minus the, again, very casualness of this world to semi-lethal injuries. That apparently, one of these balls just kind of hunts people out. Uh, A bludger? Was that what I... Mm -hmm. do I have it correct? Or was that the name of the Uh, player? No, well, yes. Uh,
0: The bludger is the ball. The beaters are the players. Beaters.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. This thing appears designed to shatter jaws. Just, you know, break orbital ring. Mm -hmm. All kinds of bad things this thing does. And they're just very casual about it. Yeah, but it. when you can be is Harry just healed
2: instantaneously just... by... That's my point, yes. Well... I mean, it's... Ex- <laughs> this is a work... Sorry, go ahead I was the- going to say, except for, you know, bad eyesight or something like that, you know, but you can be healed relatively quickly.
0: <laughs> well, yes. Um, I This conversation is fascinating, and I am going to point you both to moments in chapter... Or er, in book two and book four um, that go both to quidditch injuries and um the point value of the snitch okay i'm
1: uh, curious to see it. <laughs> it 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 strikes me again as just another example of a world as you were saying bj in which magic can instantaneously heal very serious mm-hmm. injuries i mean to a point people can scald or shatter bones and a simple spell can restore it you develop a certain casualness to the prospect of them and this plays mm-hmm. out here of where Kids flying potentially stories up in the air, shattering bones, objects directly trying to end tiny little lives, is a normal fun day at the park, and it makes a certain degree of sense it would be. Um, Next point. This book is very much tempting me with who to suspect is the ultimate bad guy. Uh, It has given me more than a little bit of evidence that there is something about Snape that he's at least hiding. The fact that he was going around the same path that the trolls seem to enter into is to a certain degree suspicious. but. I'm not convinced. It feels too obvious at present. I'm actually raising a certain degree of questions about the other professor that starts with queue that name you said. Quirrell uh, Quirrel. Quirrel like squirrel. Um, he's squirrely. Sure. Uh, he, mm. The fact that he's the one that's announcing that the troll's in the building and the fact that he seems utterly, surprisingly useless for his position raises questions by mind, but there's not enough there. At least the book is giving me various hints that certain people... Should it's suspicion is being raised with respect to them, but not enough to commit quite yet. Nah, let's see here. What other points do I have? Um, question. This, this one's going to. I'm not sure whether to present this right now as a question or as a uh, topic for newbies notes. But I I enjoy. I find it interesting that Hermione lied, but I find it particularly interesting the, how she lied. She was in that bathroom for a reason. She could have simply said what that reason was, or even that she was in the bathroom. But she chose to lie in a way that would directly bring scorn upon her. And I find that interesting, as to what she's... was. The, well, we'll get into the stopping questions, but it appeared from the text was saying that she was in the bathroom crime because of what you overheard Ron saying. But it, I guess it may say something about her character, that she's so willing to keep that personal degree of actual weakness hidden away that she's willing to instead admit a fault that isn't real instead but last thing I got in Newbie's notes is just such a lovely end quote to a chapter of where the last line of this may be one of my favorite lines in the entire book so far of where after they've successfully saved Hermione and after they've returned to the uh, quarters of House Gryffindor the last paragraph says but from that moment on Hermione Granger became their friend there are some things you can't share without ending up liking each other and knocking at a 12 foot mountain troll is one of them And while I can't say I've knocked out many 12-foot mountain trolls in my time, that little degree of exaggeration so summarizes so many of my friendships from childhood of where there are just moments of where you kind of mutually accept or not that, okay, we're going to be friends now. This is how that goes. Even remember with one friend, I actually literally had that conversation, we both turned to each other and said, okay, because of this, we're (laughs) friends now. And we were friends for a long time thereafter. i'm curious what your 12 foot trolls are maybe we'll address that on another podcast (laughs) you know it's it's all relative everyone has a particular mountain troll they have to climb um mine's just most for most people it tends to be less literal than our characters (laughs) in the story are going through but quite quite enjoyed this chapter Uh, really exciting degree of, of mix of action and world building and i'll be curious to see where it goes
0: yeah i love that last line to spencer it always makes me tear up a little bit um both because of the line itself but also because like i think even you spencer know that harry and ron and hermione are friends in the series yeah um and this is the moment when it happens right um mm-hmm. which is yeah. just heartwarming mm-hmm.
1: it, it is a great scene and a great line and uh yeah it it it, it touched me quite a bit and i'll be very curious to uh It's one of those things where I know that they are friends, and I know their friendship is going in incredible ways, and to see the ground floor of it, I'm excited to see what happens from here and have so little knowledge to assume what it's (laughs) going to be.
0: Um, So I think we're ready for house points.
1: We are. Oh,
0: sorry. So house points, as I think BJ, you pointed out, are a little funky in this chapter, like literally. (laughs) Uh, So I am going to offer a corrective to that in our number one with a bullet winner for this week for house points is Hermione Um, she got shit on for just knowing what she knows Um, and then she got attacked by a troll and then she lied to save her soon to be friends Um, she is the winner she gets Mm -hmm. all of my house points a loser is a little bit more difficult in this chapter um Ron, because
2: he's an asshole?
0: Well, Ron could frequently be the most point loser of any (laughs) given chapter because he's an asshole. Um, I think that he might, I think he might deserve it in this chapter um, because he's just, he's just being a little bitch Um, Mm -hmm. throughout this whole thing. And Harry has to drag him down to this girl's bathroom to save Hermione. Um, And it was Ron's fault that Hermione's in the bathroom in the first place. Yeah, I'm gonna peg. I'm gonna peg Ron as the loser of this chapter. He is. He is just bleeding house points, right now. <laughs> uh,
1: if, if, I, if I may offer an honorable mention as well for possible Please. loser, uh, I, I think Malfoy is the uh, butt of one of the better lines from Harry in the course <laughs> okay. of this chapter, <laughs> of where um, when Professor when Harry and Ron have just gotten the broom, and I think it's Professor. Flitwick? Yep. Oh, dear Christ, are the names in this book hard for me? <laughs> um, it it r- runs into them in the hallway as Malfoy and gang are accosting them. Harry gets in a wonderful line of basically crediting Malfoy for the reasons that he's gotten the broom, which is well-timed and well-done, mm-hmm. and even Harry can barely contain his glee at getting off that kind of line. So... Has it rendered Malfoy speechless and impotent? I think it deserves at least an honorable mention, but I will fully endorse your choice of Ron being the loser of this episode. (laughs) And I wonder whether this will be a continuing thing of this guy is kind of a prick. He's brave, he's useful, he seems loyally (laughs) determined, but he seems to let his mouth and his actions get far ahead of his brain.
0: Yeah, he's a little bit impetuous, um... And he is the youngest boy of a large family, so I think that he sometimes needs to kind of act out. Mm
2: -hmm. I guess I also wonder how much of this is um, uh, directed towards Hermione for reasons other than he's just unpleasant.
0: For reasons that become clear in future books.
1: Yeah. 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 Okay, sh- should I be taking notes whenever you guys do these little winky <laughs> conversations over the course of these episodes? It's just like, let it wash Keep over track you. track just...
0: <laughs> just let it hit, I, I, hit I, I you just... like a bludger, Spencer. I,
1: yes. I, I, I've, I, I've written down my little memento notes that I take during these episodes now. <laughs> Ron slash Hermione question mark
2: heart. We'll see how that goes. I mean, he's not dipping her pigtails in inkwells quite yet, but... <laughs> You know, just wait.
0: There's still time. Okay. Um, so what what questions do you all have?
2: Um, I don't have too many questions for you this episode per se. I just have a um, realization again about, well, a realization of, of something that was referenced in a previous chapter, which is um, about Charlie Weasley um, has it said that he could have played for England if he hadn't gone off chasing dragons. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question, and this isn't Harry Potter related at all, is do you think J.K. Rowling is familiar with the phrase and this plays into you know some background that we're not actually familiar with? Or was this just like, she's just talking about chasing dragons and there's nothing else to see here?
1: Chasing Dragons is opium, is that right?
2: Yeah, um, you know, it's kind of commonly used now for heroines, but it is uh, opiates opiates in general, and apparently um, it comes from uh, Chinese, um, which Mm -hmm. makes Mm -hmm. sense, but I didn't think about it that way. Um, But it just sort of struck me that one of the characters is sort of noticeably absent from... All of the things that people expected of him, because he's off chasing dragons.
1: I caught that and assumed it was going to be just like a, a an in-joke for the adults. But sorry, Sarah, I'm jumping in your chair.
0: No, it's a. I mean, that's a totally fair question. I think that it is an in-joke for the adults, more or less. Um, and I mean, we do. We do see Charlie. Later in the series, I'm trying to remember if we see him in this book or not. There is a moment is he at which always we might.
2: Tired and out of it, and
0: no, he's at, like <laughs> actively wrangling dragons at several points. Oh, okay, <laughs> which sort of undercuts wand- the metaphorical <laughs> chasing dragons. Gotcha. Yeah. Um,
1: so, so his wand isn't hollowed out with a burned end. No, in
0: um, it's not particularly okay. sharp at one end. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think we see him particularly in this book, although there is, like, an episode that directly... Yeah, he's not there, but it directly relates to Charlie. Um, okay. And so it's an interesting question. I mean, it's certainly possible, because, like, Charlie is still is still the guy who is off in sort of exotic locales doing mm-hmm. interesting things, which kind of builds into the mystique um, right. that might kind of play that might play into this. Um, But he is actually, like... Chasing dragons. Chasing dragons. So... Um, I
2: guess... (laughs) So that does lead me into an actual question, which is... um, And I, I feel like I know the answer has to be yes, but I don't know if it's touched upon in the books, is... Is the drug use just, like, crazy weird among wizards? Because... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you've got to be able to do mm-hmm. so much more entertaining and interesting things mm-hmm. with some wonky potion concoctions.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's always um, at least in my mind, it's always a little veiled, but we get a couple of like really shady places. Um, mm-hmm. so there's a like there's an alley off of Diagon Alley called Nocturne Alley where a whole bunch mm-hmm. of shady stuff goes on. Um, there are certainly like some bars that we see that sell l- like liquor that is a little bit di- different. Um,
2: yeah. I guess, well, that was the other thing that I was gonna ask is, yeah. I feel like there's a very British thing that even when it's not like sci-fi and fantasy worlds, Still, the vice of choice is like drinking. Yeah, we and, see and a usually, lot like, of
0: drinking and not a lot yeah, of anything like, else.
2: They were still quaffing ales, even though they had potions that you could do whatever mm-hmm. you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'd, you know, just end up belly up at the pub and getting drunk.
0: Yeah. And that is very much what we see um, in this series.
2: That's really funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it may be a magical world, but they're still British, damn it. <laughs> uh
2: spencer uh, i'll turn it over to you
1: sure i have uh two. First one uh with respect to and correct me if i'm wrong about my pronunciation uh wingardium leviosa mm-hmm. uh i feel like you what, need a longer degree... O. <laughs> leviosa oh I, you know i'll work on it I, you know if, I'm, if you could particularly if you could summon a troll to encourage me i might be able to get it done, get it done faster to what degree are magical words required? Is it required for certain mm-hmm. spells? Is it required for certain influence, uh, emphasis? Mm-hmm. Or is it required as part of your initial uh, training? To, uh, uh, yeah. To what? How much are magical words an integral part yeah. of magic?
0: Um, so it is explicitly, you have to learn sort of with the words. Um, there, The spells are more potent with the words when you begin. Um, and really for the first, Several years of their training, they never do spells without words attached. Um, there are points later, particularly when they are studying Defense Against the Dark Arts, when they are trying to learn how to do um, hexes, curses, counter curses, defensive spells, etc., without speaking so that they are not giving themselves away to whatever opponent they might be fighting. Um, mm. But that is pretty advanced magic to have the will and the concentration to cast spells without saying the words is quite difficult
1: gotcha. so more of like okay, a well, focal make... point
0: Mm-hmm. That yeah makes
1: sense. spencer do you have a follow-up to that i have one i have one more question but if you have one in mind you can oh words. i have
2: a follow-up to this one exactly so mm-hmm. um Please. we know that there are other schools that also teach magic mm-hmm. um is magic that's taught in other countries that don't speak English or don't have good, um, similar consonants and things like that, Mm -hmm. are they particularly different? Or is that just sort of, we don't, we don't deal with that because it's outside of England and we don't care?
0: Um, oh, that's an interesting question. I don't know that the spells are different. Um, like the words that you would say, I don't know that those are different. They might be. We don't get much evidence of that, but there are certainly um, commonalities between sort of the types of spells. So, like, there is a levitating spell um, that -hmm. exists across, but I I don't know that we get evidence of of if the words are different or not. Um, I will say, though, kind of tangential to this, the focus at different wizarding schools in different countries is frequently very different. Um, Gotcha. So, Durmstrang is the school that is presumably in Russia-ish um, is very much a school that focuses on actually teaching students the dark arts, um, mm-hmm. presumably so that they can more effectively combat them, although that's a little <laughs> bit in question.
1: <laughs> wink, 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 nudge, yeah. nudge.
0: Um, so we certainly get that example, and the, the French school, Bobaton is a little bit more focused on, um, I would say, sort of style. And the kind of... Potions. And, and potions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little bit more <laughs> finesse in things.
1: Hmm. Well, uh, my last question, we want to move on to it, is uh, inter-house competition. We've heard before that certain houses are kind of at each other's throats, uh, are, are mortal enemies. I think we've heard before that um, Gryffindor and Slytherin are very much opposed in both mentality and also competition. Mm-hmm. We see here, though, that um, the leader of, I believe it's your house, uh, Ravenclaw, Flitwick, is downright friendly and supportive of Harry getting one hell of a boon from the leader of his house in the form of this Nimbus 2000. Are certain houses more naturally friendly or traditionally friendly with others? Um, in a way that certain houses are more competitive with others? Or are people like Flitwick just so easygoing, they don't particularly care that this individual with these tools may just e- forever defeat my house going forward?
0: Um, there are... I would say that there are houses that are that are friendlier with each other more naturally. Um, so actually Hufflepuff and Gryffindor are usually fairly friendly with each other. Um, mm-hmm. Gryffindor and Ravenclaw are not on bad terms with each other, but Ravenclaw and Slytherin are frequently not on bad terms with each other either. Um, Hmm. Gryffindor and Slytherin are obviously kind of at odds. Um, Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw can sometimes be seen as kind of in alliance because Gryffindor and Slytherin are frequently the two sort of dominant houses in terms of Quidditch and house points. But I think at the point at which we are entering right now, Slytherin has been pretty dominant in terms of um, the House Cup and, if I'm not mistaken, the Quidditch Cup as well. But they have certainly won for sever- the House Cup for several years in terms of house points at the end of the year.
1: Ah. You see, I was conflating the two. I thought the the, the two were one and the same. So these are separate and distinct things, the Quidditch Cup and the House Cup. Yes, the Quidditch Cup is
0: specifically sports-related, specifically Quidditch-related. And the House Cup is specifically house points determined.
2: And apparently Slytherin, kind of like UCLA, um, went on a long run of almost a decade of winning the House Cup mm-hmm. from 1986 to 1991, followed by a bunch of Gryffindor wins, um, which I wonder i wonder if J.K. Rowling just doesn't care about Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw <laughs> enough to be like, "Yeah, they totally won <sighs> No, <so."> not
0: particularly.
1: <laughs> it doesn't seem like it necessarily be in the nature of Ravenclaw to care too much about the sports side of things. That's not their focus. Well, this is House Cup, so... Oh, House Cup even. Okay, well... Damn, that sucks for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So, anything else we want to talk about? Uh, no, I think that's pretty good.
1: Covers me this chapter.
0: All right. So next week, um, we come back with a brand new chapter, Chapter Eleven, which is just titled Quidditch.
1: You know, I'm gonna—I don't know if I'm ready to guess what this chapter is going to be about, but I've got a vague link, <laughs> vague inkling.
0: Well, yep. listen, only half of half of the chapter we did tonight was really about Halloween, so. <laughs> yep, well i will
1: look i will look forward to what i will assume will be harry's first quidditch match now i'm sure that'll be exciting uh, quite well bj where can they listen to other material or do we want to leave that part out of the podcast
2: oh i've been leaving out of the podcast within the podcast
1: easy enough all right everybody hope i hope you'll read along with us for the next chapter and we will look forward to talking about it come next week